Our first reading, reading is taken from Exodus chapter 32 and starting at verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them, and then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favour of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains, and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Our second reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 16 to 26, in the Pew Bible on 1082. 1082. And the Lord said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we do indeed ask that your Holy Spirit, the Counselor, our Advocate, would inspire these pages now 
would open our minds that we may understand and our hearts that we would receive your love, your word, your indwelling presence. And in your name we pray. Amen. Animals, I don't know if you've noticed, animals seem to have uh, an awareness that uh, mere humans do not have. We, um, uh, we're either fortunate or unfortunate, depending how you look at it, but uh, in the bank at the bottom of our house, we have various foxes and badgers living, which is lovely, very rural in the middle of Guildford, uh, but very rural. Uh, our dog absolutely loves them. He's never seen them, but he goes like a bullet every time you open the door because he knows they're there. He can smell them. He can sense their very presence. Uh, So we've had to buy a flashing light for him now because whenever we we let him out at night, he's a black dog in a black night. You can't see him. Uh, And we've had calls from neighbours saying, "Um, Marion, is this your dog? There is something flashing in my garden. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) On On the other side of the coin... I have a very blunted awareness. If I'm concentrating on something uh, in the office, someone could be standing in front of me and I'm not even aware that they're there. Which probably says a lot about me, admittedly. But this morning, we're going to be looking at someone who has a very clear awareness of God and a whole community that have a blunted awareness awareness and relationship with God. These people are now the people of God. They're the Israelite nation. And uh, as we saw last week, they are on duty. There is no such thing as off duty. Uh, They've been uh, given the freedom to serve through Exodus 19 and 20, the commandments. Uh, They were to give freedom Uh, for the people to dwell and be in relationship with God. Moses goes up the mountain uh, a second time for the commandments to be written on two tablets, the Ten Commandments. He's away for 40 days. During that time, uh, the Israelites feel that they need something a little bit more tangible, something to get hold of, uh, to worship. Um, And so they build this golden calf uh, and there is an argument then or a heated discussion probably we should say between God and Moses. God relents, allows Moses to go down uh, the mountain and they finally build the temple uh, that uh, they want because they want God's presence to be in the heart of their community uh, and the passage that we read was that little bit in the, in the middle about that discussion between God and Moses about the people on the ground having forgotten him and building the golden calf. Uh, and in many ways, I think that's, it's sort of completely understandable, isn't it? They've been in slavery. They've come out of slavery They want the presence of God amongst them. And then Moses goes off, 
And 40 days to them would have felt like a long time. And if he's not coming back, well, we'll do our own thing. Completely understandable, but also very odd. They have been led through the waters of the Red Sea and all of those other episodes where God has looked after them and yet within 40 days they've already forgotten his presence. Why? Why? They'd lost their patience, they'd lost focus, they'd lost their belief, they'd lost their faith. Even though all the time up on the mountain they can see the cloud. They can see the presence of God. They've experienced the presence of God. And yet they ignore the presence of God. I had two conversations. Uh, I, I was debating whether to use my notes at all this morning. It's one of those mornings. Um, I had two conversations. One uh, before the service when I was just sort of discussing and teasing out with something, uh, an issue in my, in my mind. And I, I don't know what to do and where to go. Uh, and they, they listened very helpfully. And what I need is an encounter with God. What I need is an encounter with His Spirit <clears throat> that I may know for myself what He wants from me in that situation. And then I, I came up to pray with Liz and, and Harriet. Uh, and I said, Oh, I don't know what's going on. My, my notes are all over the place. I've just read my notes through and they don't make sense. Let me know afterwards. <laughs> Uh, uh, and they prayed uh, and uh, the the prayer was really that there would be be a word Uh, and that word this morning for us is intimacy to be intimate with God now God is almighty God he's strong, he's powerful, he is the I am but he wants a relationship with you and me Uh, And that I find astonishing. And he wants to be intimate. He wants to dwell with each one of us. And we say that we actually, you know, we, we haven't really got the time. We've all had an experience. I'm sure we've all had an experience with God. But it's rather fleeting. And we have it one day and then the following weekend we've we've sort of forgotten. We've forgotten what that experience was like and then someone will ask you a question, when did you last experience God? And you say, oh yes, I remember the time. I was in a conference. And then you realise that you were 22 at the time. And it was 40 years ago. Where, Where is our encounter with God? You see, we're too busy, aren't we? There, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons We lead busy lives. We don't have the time. Actually, the church grows when it's it's persecuted and we're not persecuted. Things are pretty easy. We don't really see the aim at the need for God. We have other aims. I've got a job. I've got to look after my family. I've got to provide for them. I've got to make sure my home isn't falling down. I've got to buy clothes. My purpose comes really from my job, probably. How sad is that? 
And all of those things are really good things. But they're not the best thing. All of those things are true in themselves. But ultimately, it's about choice. Because we think we are completely different from everyone that's been before us. But think about those people in the story that we were reading. They were living hand to mouth, day by day. They didn't stop working for a second that they were awake. Because they couldn't afford to. Otherwise they'd go hungry. They didn't know where they were going to lay their head the next day. They were semi-nomadic. Forever packing things up, touring, laying it up again. They had family, more family than us. They had to have a big family. Because the death rate was such that they needed lots of children in order to keep themselves going. But more family is more mouths to feed, more problems. We think we've got it bad. They were in a a less stable environment. They were under attack. They were persecuted. They really wanted their God amongst them. And so they build this uh, golden calf and they moved away from God. And we equally move away from the tangible things or to the tangible things perhaps. Why is it so difficult for us to maintain that relationship with God? And then when you think about relationship, it's got, it's got two or three elements, hasn't it? The first one, obviously, is communication. If you're not going to communicate with someone, you're not going to have a relationship with them. That is pretty straightforward. And then time. In communicating, you spend time with them. You have to. Again, otherwise you can't communicate. And we long to be face to face. We have, uh, as you know, we have a son in America, we rarely see him. But we hear from him a lot. We have a younger son who lives in London. It's a 45 minute journey or a 20 minute by train and then I go and pick him up from the station. We never see him. (laughs) However... Marion and I have noticed that since Christmas we've seen him quite a lot. Why? You know the answer, don't you? He's got a girlfriend in Guildford. (laughs) All of a sudden, he wants to come home. Why? Because face-to-face is important. He wants to spend time with someone. He wants to communicate with someone. He wants to be in their presence. Do we ever feel like that with God? That we want, we long to be in his presence. Sometimes we use something very similar to a golden calf. We use uh, an icon maybe, or a, a painting, or a cross, or an altar, or whatever it is. And that's really helpful. And it can take us into the presence of God. But there, I think there is a danger there. And I would ask you the question, are you praying to the icon 
Or are you praying through the icon? Because we've come together this morning for a communion meal to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Are are we coming simply to do that? Or are we coming to kneel or stand at the altar rail to accept with thanksgiving and tears all that God has given to us and pray through that experience to the real personality of God who wants his presence to dwell in our hearts. You see, in prayer we communicate. We have and are part of his presence. And I wonder what it is that keeps us in touch with God. You know, they wanted this golden calf, (coughs) but that wasn't right. If the creator of the world can love us and stand back at the end of it and say, good job, good job, you're just the person I wanted you to be. Who are we to say that we want to be something different? And we can have all sorts of help in reaching God and reaching his presence. And just to be a little bit more practical, perhaps... Um, if you have apparently I'm one of the elite I didn't know that until Colin Matthews told me uh, because if you want on your uh, an app called Pray As You Go you can only get it on an iPhone so I'm sorry all those on Android but if you're on an iPhone you can get Pray As You Go which is a daily reflection thought, prayers and uh, some music uh, for about 10 minutes every morning For all of us, as peasants together, uh, you can also get uh, the 24-7 prayer app called 365. Uh, And again, for seven or eight minutes a day, they will lead you through a thought, through a prayer, through a reflection, and then give you some space. Every day, seven or eight minutes. Can we afford seven or eight minutes? It's all yours. 365, completely free. But we are fortunate to have help. And what I really want to share with you this morning is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because when we do pray, and and apps are all very well and and good, but actually, ultimately, it's down to us. And sometimes we don't know what to pray, and the Holy Spirit will groan on our behalf, with words that we do not understand. Sometimes our head is so full of stuff because we are busy that we can't pray. Great, says God. Sit down, open your mind, let it wander. Let it flow. And as you're thinking, as you're reflecting, as images are coming to your mind, you just have to say, yes, God. Yeah, I'm I'm praying for that. Praying for those prayers. Praying for your job. Praying it's not too wet. Praying that you can uh, have that appointment that you need. They were all prayers. Snappy prayers. Because God brings thoughts into our minds. 
And all we are doing is enjoying his presence with us. Pushing out his presence into the world around us. I really believe we need a new movement of the Spirit of God in our lives. We need to sense his presence to enjoy his intimacy. Because when we are intimate with God, we're inspired by God. And when we're inspired by God, we're empowered by God. And then this church will be on fire with the love of God for this community. Think again of those people of Israel on Mount Sinai. We have a God who is present. We have a God who is speaking to us. We have a God who wants to listen. And we can listen to those that speak on his behalf. We can experience the power of God. We can look back to when God's helped us and guided us. And he wants to guide us again. As a church, we need to be open to the leading hand of the Spirit of God. He wants to do a new work here. And we need to be prepared for it. It will sometimes be difficult, but it will always be exciting. Sometimes we have to wait, but where the cloud of God went, where the cloud of God, his presence went, there was victory. The cloud was simply his presence amongst his people. And we have the Holy Spirit as his presence amongst us. So where we go, victory goes in the name of God. Where the people of the Spirit lead, there will be a radical change for the kingdom of God. And that is what we, St. John the Baptist Wanish, are called to be radical people for the kingdom of God because we are intimate with God. We have his presence with us every step of every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are so many things that get in the way. But we want our relationship with you to be simple. We want to communicate with you. We want to spend time with you. We want to see you face by face, in our mind's eye, as Paul said, through a glass, darkly or dimly, but one day face to face. Heavenly Father, help us to prepare for those times by allowing, being vulnerable to your indwelling Holy Spirit, that we may be intimate with you. And so, Lord, to come before you come before you in this communion with hands open, wanting to receive again your spirit. Receive again the life, the life-giving spirit of God that we may enjoy your presence and as as we leave, that we may walk out from here knowing that you walk with us. So, Father, Be with us, in each of us now, in your name. Amen.